You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. So let's begin with game one. The Heat snatched home court from the Knicks, taking game one at Madison Square Garden 108-101. Knicks took the lead heading into halftime, but a sluggish third quarter would doom the Knicks. They were outscored 31-20 to in the period and were unable to take control back of this game. Uh, the Knicks were able to cut the lead to about three points with about five minutes left. Uh, and then really kind of the, the storyline of this series moving forward, I think the storyline maybe of this next season um, unfolded. You had Jimmy Butler drive to the basket. He gets hurt on a drive that they call the defensive foul. Look like a clear offensive foul, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and he hurts his ankle, um, stepping on Josh Hart's foot. And he hurts his ankle. He's badly hobbled. He makes the two free throws. He goes five. And instead of going to the locker room or exiting the game, he stays in the game despite clearly being very hobbled and really being used as only a decoy for the rest of the game. Yet the Knicks were unable to target him offensively. The Knicks' offense completely stalled. The Heat pulled away thanks to big buckets from Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo, all those guys able to help finish the Knicks off in this game. So Knicks lose. RJ Barrett led the Knicks with 26 in this one. Jalen Brunson had 25. But Brunson, after the game, was uh, talking about the difference between the Heat and the Knicks in this one, and he said a lot of it was on him. They finished the third quarter strong. Finish half time. Finish the second quarter strong. Um, yeah, key moments in the game where you know we need to finish strong, be strong, and um, uh, that starts with me. I didn't today. I was horrific. Um, yeah, just very uncharacteristic by me. And um, yeah, this one's on me. And I gotta be better. And um, we'll go from there. So that was Jalen Brunson's thoughts on, on the loss, uh, putting the live on him. And Nick did not execute well down the stretch. Um, poor shooting was a big key in this loss. Uh, they shot 7 for 24 from 3 in this one. Julius Randle did not play in game one due to the ankle injury that he suffered in the closeout game against Cleveland in the last series. Obi Toppin stepped in to the starting line of four. Julius Randle played really well. He had 18 points and 8 rebounds, but that was not enough, obviously, for the win. Jimmy Butler led the Heat with 25. So, uh, Tommy, I'll start with that final stretch, because it seems like the stretch that everybody is talking about with the New York Knicks. Uh, why did they fail to execute down the stretch when the game was in the balance and you had the Heat essentially playing 5-on-4? Yeah, obviously we're going to talk about them failing to attack Jimmy Butler or hobble Jimmy Butler. Um, we'll get into that and, and some of the turnovers as well. Um, but mm-hmm. I thought the final five minutes were microcosm of the first 43 minutes, and that was the Knicks didn't make shots and didn't mm-hmm. make makeable shots. Um, you know, it's it, it, sometimes, you know, when we'll discuss, there's a lot of twists and turns and, yeah. and, and cool things to, to, to kind of dig into the details with, but sometimes it comes down to which team makes shots and which team doesn't. Um, the, as, as you noted, 
um, you know, that the shooting just wasn't up to par in game one. I, I, I dug through the numbers a little bit. Um, Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau in 2020, as we know, after the 2019 season. They played 256 games since the date they hired Thibodeau. That's 246 regular season games, another 10 playoff contests. Never once had they made fewer than eight three-pointers and 12 or less free throws in the same game until Sunday, game one. Um, so that just gives you kind of an idea that this was truly an anomaly, um, you know, uh, you know, and, and, the, and the crazy thing was it wasn't as if the Heat were playing incredibly, you know, smothering defense on the perimeter and flying all right. over. They were giving Knicks open, wide open looks. Um, NBA tracking data, Knicks were 2 of 15 on open three-pointers. Um, that's when the closest defenders within four to six feet. Um, Knicks were 4 of 16 on wide open three-pointers. Um Again, these were shots that they that they're comfortable taking. These are shots that kind of the offense is designed to generate. Um, and credit to Miami, they basically came into this into the into the game one and said, "Listen, we're going to pack down the paint. We're not going to let Brunson beat us with drives and floaters. We're not going to let Mitch Robinson, you know, just destroy us on the interior. Um, we're not going to let you guys fly in and, and get easy buckets." Can Obi knock down threes? Can Brunson knock down threes? Can RJ Barrett knock down threes? Can Josh Hart knock down threes? If you make them, you win. Um, if not, we like our chances. And that's and that's yeah. you know, and it made sense coming in. You know, every team in the in the playoffs is shooting above 30%, at least above 30% from downtown. The Knicks are shooting 26%. So um, you know, following the, this 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 disastrous game one from, from downtown. So there's there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about it, but at yeah. the end, sometimes it's and and Randall's impact is all factored in there. Um, but you know, given what the Knicks had to work with. Um, defense played relatively well. They just didn't make shots. And we talked about it during Cleveland series. They they missed a bunch of free throws. And we said at some point it's going to come back to bite them. Sunday yeah. it came back to bite them. Yeah. Um, look, sometimes basketball is very complicated. Uh, yep. Sometimes it's very simple. And <laughs> the Knicks being unable to make wide open shots really cost them in this series. I mean, and I, I do think it's something to talk about because I'm starting to get a little concerned about these three-pointers. I mean, the Knicks are shooting uh, the worst in the NBA postseason from the three. They're shooting 26% from three. It's crazy that they, you know, advance in five games in a series shooting 26%. They're only making eight threes per game. And I got to shout out Andrew Perloff, who works at CBS Sports Radio, because I was on it, Maggie and Perloff, last week. And we were talking about a couple of years ago, talking about the Knicks and their ability to beat Cleveland. He said one of the concerns he had was three-point shooting. Now, it didn't mask itself as an issue against the Cavs. They won despite not shooting the ball well from three. But you see in this Heat series that this is going to be something they're going to have to fix. It was I know you were at the game time, but during the broadcast of the game, they had Eric Spolstra mic'd up. And so it was weird. I, I love these mic'd up things, and it's it's unfortunate. I never feel like I ever hear Chibs saying anything of value in these things. I don't know if they're just editing those things out. But it seems like every time Spolch is on there, he's saying something extremely important and something that actually informs you about how they're playing the game. Again, I don't know if that's by design or he are allowing more to get out. But either way, the first quarter, Knicks were killing them in the paint. They killed them in the first half in the paint. They scored, I think, 40 points in the paint in the first half or 42, something around there. And after the first timeout, the second timeout, when Knicks went up by nine the first quarter, Spolstra gets on his guy and says, hey, do you know who we're playing against? We're playing against a team that's a paint team, a team that is trying to get buckets in the paint, that's a team that's trying to cut off, trying to get baskets at the rim. We got to do a much better job of cutting the paint off. We cannot allow them to live in the paint for the rest of this game. And I felt like since that timeout, you saw a different heat defense where they were not allowing R.J. Barrett just get 
to his left hand. They were allowing Brunson to live in the paint without any arms or swarming defenses. Um, that changed. And RJ Barrett said in the postgame, he said it was very clear that they, they started to stop allowing us to get into the paint. And that's where we got to do a better job of hitting open shots and spraying the ball out to open shooters. So the Heat really didn't execute their game plan at all to start the game. And Spolster was pretty PO'd about it. And then once they did, Knicks couldn't answer. And then in the poor three-point shooting, something that they saw in the film for sure, probably during that Cavs series and something that uh, we now see that I don't think the Knicks can survive this series, that they're going to continue to shoot at a 25, 26% clip. It's got to improve. Yeah. So that, that brings us down to, you know, uh, can Emmanuel quickly snap out of a shooting slump? You know, it's yeah. something that, that, you know, we talked about in the Cleveland series. Another thing that didn't come back to bite him necessarily. Um, IQ still gave you enough defensively, but he needs to knock down his shots. And the other question is, does Grimes get more looks? Um, you know, he only yeah. played 10 minutes in game one, um, only took three shots. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously working his way back. So conditioning might've been a bit of an issue. Um, you know, you don't know if a guy's rusty after missing two and a half games um, and, and sitting out essentially a week. So, um, and then obviously, you know, going forward, you know, and, and we'll preview, you know, game two in the next segment, but this could come down to Jimmy Butler's right ankle and, and Julius Randle's left ankle. Um, yeah. You know, it's at, at this stage of the game, um, you know, that that's kind of what we're looking at. But yeah, you're right. As far as adjustments, um, I thought it was interesting that Jimmy Butler started out on Brunson, um, yeah. you know, uh, that that allowed that kind of enabled um, R.J. Barrett to bust loose. And he was brilliant in the first quarter, 11 points, five or six shooting, three rebounds, three assists. Seemed like he made the right decision every time the ball was in, was in his hands, um, whether it was to get to the basket, make layup, um, you know, drive into the paint, penetrate, and then kick out to a wide-open shooter. Um, he just played really, really well. Had some costly turnovers down the stretch, um, but there wasn't definitely not a lot of bright spots to take away. Um, and R.J. also left some points at the free-throw line. But yeah. um, that's the fourth straight really good game from R.J. Barrett, uh, you know, four high-pressure playoff games. Um, he continues to play at a very high level, so that's certainly encouraging from a New York perspective. Yeah, I agree. And I know there were some that were still – upset about how RJ played down the stretch. He didn't play well in the fourth quarter, but no one did. I, I, I yeah. don't know. I, I didn't think that that was a reason to really bang on him. He he was kind of carrying the Knicks offense in yes. the first half, and he was yep. brilliant for most of the game. So, yeah, the Knicks got to find a way to make shots. And I, I'll tell you what, I, I thought when it came to Thibodeau's coaching, and we'll get to the last five-minute disaster, I think, by him in, the, in a minute, but I, I thought that he made some errors when the fact that when they weren't able to make shots. So you mentioned – Quinn Grimes, I know he was one for three, but AS 33%. That's better than the 20% they shot in the game. Um, Quinn Grimes probably needed to be out there because the Heat were not respecting Josh Hart as a three-point shooter. Right. Hart didn't seem uh, willing to take the three. And I think that them not respecting him also kind of like messed with his shot because he didn't shoot an air ball in the last four, four or five minutes of that game. So um, so not to say you got to take Josh Hart off the court, but if Quickly's not going to give you anything in terms of shooting the three ball, you got to get Quinn Grimes out there, give you somebody. And then I thought Tibbs made a critical error not playing Obi Toppin more down the stretch. Tibbs in the post game said we were trying to match up with what they were doing, which I understand, but it annoys me. That answer annoys me for two reasons. Number one, they had Cody Martin playing power forward. There's no reason why Obi Toppin can't guard Cody Cody Martin. You were talking about they were playing. There really aren't too many guys like the Heat. Don't have a lot of like ball dominant like guys who can break you off the dribble kind of guys. Like, like I can't even name another guy they could have out there because, like, if it's Duncan Robinson, like, it doesn't matter. Like, always hopping a guy to guard a guy who's going to stand in the corner and wait to shoot the ball or drive on closeouts. Like, there's no reason why he couldn't be on the floor based on how they were matching up. So that made zero sense. I, I hated that answer for that reason. 
But then the second reason saying, well, we had to do what they were doing. It's like, I mean, Obi Toppin had 18 points. Obi Toppin was probably the Knicks' second best player in that game. And he was the only guy making threes, the thing that you were struggling to do. Like, how about making the heat adjust to you? The heat were having problems with Obi Toppin during that entire game. He was stretching them out. The fact that he was a guy that was actually making heat pay for not closing out on shooters. I mean, that answer was ridiculous to me. That we, we we didn't play a guy who was lighting it up because, well, you know, they they went small. When they don't have a bunch of guys who are ball handlers, guys who can break you off the dribble. So I really hated that answer from Tib, and I thought not playing Obi Toppin down the stretch was a, a huge misstep by him. Listen, there's only one player on the Knicks that made more than one three-pointer, and that was Obi Toppin, who made four. Granted, yeah. he, took, he took 11, so it wasn't, you know, he wasn't shooting, you know, it wasn't like he didn't miss. Um, that's still, took, I'll, I'll take that. That's like 38, 37%. That's, that's good. 100%. He was stroking it confidently. It looked like he was, you know, stepping into a shot and looked like he just had a good flow. Um, and then, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I thought that was questionable. And again, the Knicks, they held the, the Heat under, they, the Heat averaged 124, 126 or something against the Bucs. They only scored 109 against the Knicks. Like, you expect to win uh, when you when you hold a team below 110 points. But again, the, the offense was struggling. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, cause mismatches, um, you know, cross match, you know, there's you don't have to just bend and, you know, because Spo put somebody in um, that you have to kind of, uh, you know, change your lineup based on that yeah that that was that was that was not a good job i think by tiz on that point and when we talk about that last stretch um and i I do think it's important to kind of break down what happened so butler gets hurt at 505 the game is 95 92 he makes two free throws it's 97 92 next time down brunson you know gets a floater he scores they they don't tackle butler on the play but he scores 97 94 these are the nick possessions after that bucket from Jalen brunson um, you have Lowry blocks uh Brunson on a layup, they get a jump ball. Uh RJ Barrett gets blocked on a fast break layup by Caleb Martin, uh, going one on four. Um, RJ Barrett gets a foul on a moving screen. Um, a bad pass. Uh RJ Barrett loses the ball on a bad pass turnover. I mean, these are the possessions the Knicks were having. Like it, it, and then and quickly attacks somebody that's not Jimmy Butler and misses a two. Like that was a sense. That's a three minute, four minute stretch of Knicks offense. None of those plays had anything to do with Jimmy Butler. The only time they tried to go at Jimmy Butler, they actually ended up trying to Jimmy Butler. Like he was guarding RJ and they didn't, they didn't understand a concept that if they screened that they would switch obviously, because Jimmy Butler couldn't move. So they just switched like Cody Marner or Kyle Lowry, someone on him. And then they realized, Oh, I guess this is not what we want. I think that was the turnover position that they had uh, when RJ uh, threw a bad pass. Like, I mean, come on. Like and and then and like I'm I'm a bang on Tibbs because he's got to be a do a better job and his answer in the posting again was kind of like nonsense like not like he kind of didn't give us anything as to why they didn't attack Jimmy Butler and I'm also got to put that on Brunson like you're the point guard you're the floor general you're the leader everybody has 100% faith in you uh, to make sure that the mix will execute the best they can down the stretch and he says he he failed in that game I think that he's not wrong <laughs> I mean I, I don't think. Uh, the way the Knicks executed down the stretch uh, in a game that was right there for the taking. I know they were down, you know, five, six points, but the Heat just weren't scoring at a level until that l- late stretch where Adebayo and uh, and Lowry started hitting shots. There was plenty of opportunities where the Knicks could have made that uh, a serious one-possession game down the stretch, and they their offense was putrid. And the fact that he was able to get away with playing five-on-four was inexcusable. And, and speaking of, it was – 
obvious within 10 seconds of after Jimmy Butler made the free throw, hobbled back down the floor, hobbled back yeah. up the floor, that he was clearly only being used as a decoy. So if you're worried about Obi's defensive uh, capabilities or lack thereof. Right, put him on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, all, exactly. All he was doing was standing in the corner and, and <laughs> right. was being a decoy. So if you again, if you're worried about Obi defensively, um, yeah, you, you, you mentioned Lowry. I thought he was obviously a, a key to the game, um, something you didn't expect going in. Um, yeah. How about the fact that Miami's Villanova guy, Kyle Lowry, yeah. outscored the Knicks Nova bros, Brunson and Hart in the fourth quarter combined. And Lowry had nine, uh, Hart and Brunson had four piece. Um, so that that just kind of shows you that that it was uh, also Kyle Lowry had four blocks in game one. The Knicks team yeah. combined had four blocks. It was a weird game on a lot of different fronts. Um it was the first time Lowry had played more than 27 minutes. Just the second time Lowry had played more than 20 minutes since January. Um, so you certainly don't expect that game from him. Only a day off. Um, you know, looking ahead towards game two, you know, can he keep that up? Probably not. But again, it what the, the, to your point, the frustrating thing is the Knicks let a winnable game slip away because the, right. the, 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 the he didn't play their A game. Obviously, didn't have Jimmy right. Butler. You didn't have this superhuman Jimmy Butler game that we've been seeing over the last few uh, few games. Exactly. He's a guy that averaged 40 points a game, nearly 40 points a game, uh, you know, was uh, 37.6, shooting 60% from the floor against Milwaukee. Um, You know, had a decent, solid game, 25 points, 11 rebounds. Um, But again, he didn't explode. Um, Duncan Robinson was 0-5 from three. Um, You know, Caleb Martin didn't kill you. Um, It it was the point guard play um, that, that, you know, Gabe Vincent and and Kyle Lowry, you know, kind of exposed uh, the Knicks. And, and, you know, that was their kind of game plan was we're not going to let Jimmy Butler beat us. We're going to collapse the defense um, and make these other guys shoot three pointers. Um, So, again, will Kyle Lowry come crashing back down to earth? Probably. We saw how how poorly he played during the regular season. Looks a little bit healthier now. They obviously managed his minutes. um, But yeah. That's the thing about the C team is one night it could be Caleb Martin has a big game and then Kevin Love might hit four threes and uh, Duncan Robinson's going to hit yeah. four threes in a game at some point in the series. I, um, I think Kevin Love deserves uh, a lot of props too. I thought he changed the game in, in, in the third quarter. Um, he had those long outlet passes. Uh, he, had a, he had a three. Like He only had nine points, but I, I don't know what his plus minus was, but I, I thought he changed the entire game with that little stretch he had in the third. That third quarter changed the game, and he was a key factor in that third quarter. I know Aaron Rodgers was in the building, but he threw some beautiful touchdown passes um, time and again. And uh, you know, now we know why Obi's a, a power forward and not a not a deep not a defensive back. Um, he had <laughs> oh, yeah, a, you know, no, kind yeah. of tip off his hands. Nick's got it. Had to do a better job with floor, floor balance. Um, but to 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 your point and to Love's credit, those those passes had to be perfect in order to find. Yeah. Um, their recipient on the other end of the floor. Most of the time, it was Butler leaking out. Um, so yeah, there was there was there's a lot there, and you know, and the other takeaway I think from Game One, you um, wrote about it this morning was the Knicks had a big advantage against Cleveland, particularly in the games at the Garden in terms of poise, presence. Yeah. Cavs were shook, you know, clearly. Yeah. Know, yeah. Starting in the first quarter of Game Three. They never were settled. The crowd got into their ear. The Knicks' physicality, you know, from from that standpoint, from game one, carried it through game five. Um, they just – and rarely do, does a player admit it. Jaron Allen admitted it. The, bright, the right. lights were too bright. This this Heat team, you're not going to get that. Um, yeah. Grizzled veterans, you know, competitive, um, you know, just work guys that work hard. They've been through the system. They've – you know, they've had their ups and downs. Um, keep in mind, game four against – uh, um, uh, Milwaukee in Miami. 
Heat are down 16 points in the fourth quarter. Come back and win. Game five in Milwaukee in a closeout game, an elimination game against a desperate Bucks team. Uh, their yeah. season on the line, the number one seed. Bucks are up 15. Heat come back and win. So we should not have been surprised. Heat fall down 12 early on. They're not going to all of a sudden go, oh, my God. But what? They're, you know, Kyle Lowry yeah. comes to the game. Jimmy Butler's yeah. going to get his buckets. They're not going to panic. Spoh's going to make some in-game adjustments, get them some easy looks. Um, and, and that's what happened. So I thought that was uh, important to point out just from that uh, from, from that perspective. This is not the Cavs team that uh, that, that looks soft last, last round. Absolutely. Heat, uh, grizzled veterans team with a lot of uh, maybe not championship medal, though you have to have Kyle Lowry. He's won a championship before. Spolster won a championship. Uh, assistant coach slash player, Giannis Hasm <laughs> won a championship. Some of the other guys, Kevin Love. So there is there is some, now I'm kind of racking them off now. There is some championship pedigree there. Um, but definitely guys who have been in the playoffs, been deep in the playoffs. You know, talk about Butler, Bam Adebayo, talking about these guys who are not going to be afraid of the moment that they showed in the game one. So 